Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Hey everybody, welcome to an exciting new episode of uh, Man-Thing Crap Books. That's right, we're bringing it back, baby. Um, how's it going, Carlo? It's going well, you know. Uh, crap that in Stranger Eons may die, uh, something, something, I don't know. I, I fucked yeah. that one up, didn't I? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know what's right or wrong anymore. So, like, before we get into what we're talking about, though, I think a lot of people just picked it up. Um, I've been thinking about doing something arguably insane in early 2022, and I wanted to mention it to you and get your reaction. Okay. Well, I've been trying to think what is the most non-COVID thing I can do. And I think... The most non-COVID thing I can do is to get into an ex- uh, enclosed space with about 3,000 other people and go on an 80s cruise where they bring all the old bands like Berlin and Human League and ABC and they play at all times and the drinks are free. I see. Yes. This sounds like... Um... You could end up just like the 80s. Yes. <laughs> Extremely <Gone. laughs> dead. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I could get, what is it, the notovirus? Like, I, if, if coronavirus is over, there's, there's all sorts of ways you could get a serious case of the poops from a cruise. <laughs> well, I mean, cruises are, I mean, from what we've noticed, it's essentially like plague ships that just have like nice lights. Right, right. And so, like, on the one hand, I know this is a stupid idea. And on the other hand, it's just the sort of stupid that will not feel like this part of my life, which I absolutely want to reject when we're out of it, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I that that is one of the things that uh, as as time has worn worn on, right? Uh, one of the things I can immediately sympathize with. Uh, not necessarily agree, but sympathize is the people. Ju- I just wanted to go back to normal. Yeah, and it's like, buddy, I wish I could. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I I am expecting matching masks to be issued with articles of clothing any time now as a normal thing. Oh God, could you imagine like uh, hotels that give you like a his and hers bathrobes and masks? <laughs> Yes. Hey, I, I mean, how could they not after a while? You know, it just seems to make sense. <sighs> well, you know, well, it, it, we we've brought this to a positive place. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> well, we're going to go somewhere, uh, somewhere really ridiculous in a, in a second. So, Pete, tell me about Man Thing. Yes. OK, so um, we'll we'll talk about like 
origins and whys for a second, but we'll 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 go a little personal here. So like when I was a kid, my brother was one of those people who spent all of his paper out money on comic books. And there was only one rule, which was that Pete could not touch or get within twenty feet of them, right? <laughs> so like I touched them all. Like they ended up with with like chocolate fingerprints on them, all kinds of things. And the two comic series that I really loved, one was Conan. He was a big collector of the Conan series. And the other was Man-Thing because it was just sort of like it had a certain amount of dark, scary to it, which I really liked. And it was it was just not like anything else out there. Like it, it wasn't like you too could become the Man-Thing. Like the Man-Thing was this barely stoppable force that didn't have a functioning brain that just sort of went where its instincts took it. And I was fascinated by that. It was unlike any other comic I'd ever heard of. Not that I'd gotten a great sample up until then. (laughs) Right. I I mean, the, uh, and to be fair, I think I picked up, what was it? The man thing, Howard, the duck on the bus. Which is uh, absolutely the craziest part. And I know the origin of this. I know why this happened. So um, you're talking about like me picking it up? Oh no. Oh, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a dick and asked you to do it. That's like mystery <laughs> solved. Well, I mean, so I, I I suppose my question to you, Pete, and, and mm-hmm. I I mean part of part of this was answered by uh what you just told us but uh so you you'd mentioned before if i'm not mistaken the hulk episode you mentioned the the man thing as your favorite sort of off the beaten path uh superhero or or comic book character yes and so the man thing as he appears in this series of comics is like you said barely he's nonverbal He's just yep. a hulking thing. He seems like a Mar- Marvel's attempt to do both the um, House of Mystery and Swamp Thing from DC. Yeah, it's amazing they weren't sued. Uh, so, I mean, uh, so I, I'm guessing, given the fact that you seem to be a, a, a rather. Uh, uh, <sighs> garrulous and very enthusiastic person. What exactly about man thing called out to you? Well, and I think you just hit on part of it. It's like when we, when we identify and we fantasize with the fantastic, we either go towards larger versions of ourselves or we go for the things we lack. And the man thing defines strong, silent type. And, (laughs) He, I mean, he's, he's got a brain that is not as complex as a carrots, right? <laughs> I mean, you just said strong, silent type and all I could hear in my head was, uh, Tony Soprano was like, whatever happened to strong, silent types like Gary Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and these comics for all their silliness and oh my Lord, were they silly? Like they were experimental. Like they did fun, weird shit. They didn't, I mean, wh- it's like 
you know how like if you look at the Superman comics, for example, or the Batman, you're not really dealing with one character. You're dealing with a timeline where that character is retrofitted and changed. And sometimes he's silly and sometimes he's awe-inspiringly grim and all of that. And the man thing really only had two stages, which is uh, terrifying horror and swampy goofball. And they both appeal to me. And and, uh, weird. And like also he's like – I forget if it's he is or it's the swamp that he lives in is like some sort of like a nexus of many worlds. Yeah, yeah. Like he, on some level, he's some sort of dimensional gateway and keeps getting sucked into adventures because of that, which sort of makes sense because otherwise, how could you get him to do anything? Like- right, right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's sort of like rooted to the spot, perhaps even literally at times. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you have to, well, if you can't take the boy out of the swamp, if you can't take the thing out of the swamp, <laughs> take the swamp, uh, you know, on a ride, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. What, what do you do at that point? But like um, they, one of the things they tried to do with Man Thing is I'm trying to remember the name of the comic series. It might have been Anthology of Horror or Anthology of Fear, but they tried to make a series of like terror comics and they used Man Thing in a number of those because like like he touches people and their faces melt off. He's he can be scary. And they did a joke episode with Howard the Duck in it who mm-hmm. immediately became one of their most popular properties, like instantly. <laughs> and so they just threw them together. They started doing some man thing, Howard, the ducks, you know, uh, like there, there was, there was a line of comics where they tied them together, which I inflicted on you and they are experimental and hilarious. They are definitely experimental. Uh, I suppose the hilarious, I mean, there is some hilarity here. Uh, just the premise of like a duck. Uh, so it, it, in our a year of our Lord, uh, 2021, a, a duck that happens to be a logic bro at wearing a fedora has weird connotations. Uh, yeah. uh, that's what, <laughs> I'm just going to say not that wrong. And, and there, there are definitely parts of this that it did not age well to, I mean, <laughs> understatement of the century, but like, you know, I'm, I'm eight years old reading this shit. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an exciting, like there was nothing else like this. You put this right next to a Superman comic and I'd have read this every time. Right. Well, I mean, uh, also I, I wanted to point out specifically the Howard, the duck parts are, um, they're not, I don't know that they're like, meant well no no i'm sorry they are meant to be but they're not crossing a line horny but they are definitely horny oh they horny (laughs) and i remember people like oh you know that george lucas uh howard the duck movie what a weird thing is like no he i think he got that right yeah (laughs) it's sad to say (laughs) yeah sadly he did manage to really capture the spirit of howard the duck and that's why it was such a piece of shit i mean like (laughs) it it really was uh, Uh, and i i loved it for the record like i i would watch that thing again and again and it was terrible. And I'd have told you that at the time. 
<laughs> it was awful, but I mean, I, you know, it, it, it was, it had a charm to it and, uh, I'm not entirely sure what the charm was. I mean, part of it might've been Leah Thompson, uh, you know, in, in what is it? The Beverly, what's her name? Beverly Switzer, uh, role yeah. or whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's, a it's definitely of its time. Uh, yep. let's not forget like, you know, every, every director has that movie that they wish to expunge. And <laughs> that might've been the one for Lucas, but, uh, let's not forget Spielberg had 1941. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This was Lucas's. Like, could you imagine the world where that was a hit, where he started doing Marvel movie after Marvel movie, and how that would have changed the timeline? Oh God, could you? (laughs) I mean, that's that's like, oh, that's just like too much of a good, too much of a. I was going to say a good thing, but I'm not even sure that's a good thing. (laughs) Just too much of a thing. And I am, okay, as long as I'm being grim, and I apologize, but this is a thought I've been having for a while, I am absolutely expecting a Marvel Jedi shared universe. It is inevitable. Oh, God. I know. Just just the worst thing that could happen. Never mind that they're billions of years apart and galaxies away. Money will find a way. <laughs> I, I like the, uh, the Dr. Ian Malcolm... Uh... <laughs> Paraphrasing there. <laughs> oh, we're so fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awful. It, you're absolutely right. Either that or like a, a weird like they'll have to introduce the X Men via midichlorians, and you're like, no, no, oh, why? God, yeah. <laughs> or you know the Inhumans and make like whatever that that Inhuman vapor they use to make them into superpower turns out to have midichlorians in it. Like there's all sorts of things they could do that would make me angry. You know, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Skywalker bitten by a radioactive womp rat. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh God! This is. You know, this is one of our flakier episodes, and I'm so I'm proud. Just, it's it's fine. You know, I'm just ima- trying to imagine like Luke trying to web sling on a completely flat desert, <laughs> just like well, there's an outcropping will show up. <laughs> oh my god! And you know there were different versions of Spider Man. So I mean that you there's a, the. The, this isn't the Spider-Man you're looking for. I mean, it's tying together. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Job of the Kingpin. Peter Parker. Hasta <laughs> lista <laughs> con spider. Okay. Like, but, but that's that's actually J.J. Jameson. He's just telling Peter Parker he needs more, more photographs <laughs> of the desert spider. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why are we doing this to ourselves? This, uh, this, this episode is... We're not even half an hour in, and we're all already off the off the rails. Oh man, I well, I've got to think about what we're talking about. Man thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, one of the things about man thing is that um, oh, that's uh, Pete. That's it. They're going to use man thing in the MCU, and since he can meld universes together, oh my God, he's the gateway. There we go. Okay, Perfect. so man thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Man-Thing, basically, Stanley just sort of had an idea of, like, let's do a swamp guy 
like man drinks the wrong chemical in the lab and gets all swampy. And <laughs> he's a new type of guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a new type of guy. He's he's a he, he's a swamp vegetable. <laughs> just full of duckweed and yeah, weird, just, gross stuff. And then, but the thing is, like, he is. Uh, oh gosh. Well, I mean, he's obviously swamp thing. Like, I remember even at the time when I asked for Man-Thing comics, I would sometimes say Swamp Thing because, like, the only difference between the two is what label they're under and that, you know, Swamp Thing has a functioning brain. Mm. Um, And there was somebody else with a similar origin. Um, uh, Oh, God, it doesn't matter. Who cares? But there's there's another one of those things. Oh, The Heap. The Heap had a similar origin. and then there's a there's another one. Oh well, just the thing in the title. You think that ever got confusing? <laughs> Give me the thing about the thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, now I'm imagining like a like a singles bar, but just for things. Oh God, <laughs> I wonder how many comic creatures have the word thing in their names. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, so let's get a little more into this. This is a crap books episode, so we can we can go anywhere. Like, what was there a comic that you were really into that just didn't fit? Like that that wasn't, uh, well, you know, that wasn't Iron Man or whatever. Did did you ever collect comics or get get a, focused on something that was a little off the path? You know, that's the funny thing. Uh, you know, I never really got a lot of exposure to comics um, as a kid. Um, and I only ever started getting into it, uh, through friends after I got back from like the Navy and stuff like that. I mean, there was like odd little things. I think I picked up like, because that's the thing I, I I had no control. There was nothing near me. Uh, I think I, I bought like uh, a random house of mystery or or one of those terror ones. Um, I used to had, love like, those. It was great. I was scared. Like I was spooked by that. Like I was like, what? I must've been like seven or eight. So, you know, seeing like sort of garish and ghoulish shit on, on the, in the panels and like a woman being stalked by a vampire and there's snakes and you're like, Oh, um, but you know, I only have flashes of it because I never really followed up on it because, you know, you know, I grew up in a household where like, it's especially the the time period I'm talking about, I was staying with my grandparents in El Paso and, you know, uh, they were very much of another time, you know, I could be watching whatever. Uh, I could be in the middle. Like I, I remember so many programs that I only have half memories of the original Battlestar Galactica is one of them. Where it was like right in the middle of the, the pilot It's like, oh, your grandfather got finished uh, his dinner. Uh, we're watching the A team now. Bye. And you're like, what? So yeah, I was in no control over anything, anything. And I had no idea that there was like big comics out there. Afterwards, I got into like, uh, you know, like the X-Men had a, a the the run with uh, Chris, like it was Chris Claremont and, and fuck the Asian, uh, 
the Asian uh, artist uh, Lee. Jesus Christ, I can't I can't even remember his name. Anyway, the the point being that they had a, a like a a revamp or a reboot of or yet another X Men title that started at number one. And I picked it up there, and that was interesting. And you know what? Actually, I think something like The Max would probably fit the bill. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like those, um, if I'm thinking right, let me pull up the max and make sure it's what I'm thinking about. M-A-X-X? Yeah. The Sam Keith. Yeah. I'm going to see the the picture and I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I thought you meant. I was, um, I had a couple of stages. Like I definitely had the the seven years old to 11 years old where I sort of piggybacked off my brother's taste. So I, um, I, I read the fantastic four and the Avengers and all that stuff, but like the Conan comics and the, the man thing were the big ones. And then, um, I started collecting some of my own and they seemed to be random. The only thing they really had in common is that my brother wasn't collecting them. So I like, I was into the badger, and I was into uh, Magnus Robot Hunter, like just like what the fuck, dude? Where did that come from? Uh, well, Judge that was Dredd. A, yeah, that was like an old property that then uh, got revamped more or less the time I started collecting because I got into like uh, you remember Jim Shooter starting Valiant Comics? Yes, yes, that was so fucking cool. I mean, it, it that was an interesting thing, and then I think they just got a little too many titles. <laughs> Yeah, well, they they wanted to save everything and bring everything back at the same time, and you can't do that. Oh, oh, hey, hey, I weird tie-in. Do, do you remember this weekend? I was I was uh, watching a documentary about a, a record store. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So there was there's a record store that I don't think even exists anymore called Wax Tracks in the middle of Chicago. And they they not only were they a record store, they they started their own uh recording studio and they basically any sound that they thought was interesting from the area they sort of brought people in and gave them an infinite amount of money to start pressing records and those guys were the center of my cultural universe for uh probably almost a decade like if their their music was what got me interested so watching this documentary was fascinating because one i saw what terrible businessmen they were they 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 would basically bring in anybody and hand them money to record uh an album like it was just madness and uh two they just uh they expanded to the point where they they collapsed like all at mm. once and um they were what was the other thing well the the two guys who who you know started this whole thing they met um at a park uh that i had just been at with my dog when i watched the video and like they 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 met like within 10 feet of the spot where my dog took a dump and i had to clean it up and i'm just like is this <laughs> synchronicity i i don't know what to call this <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> given what you were doing in the same in that same park, it doesn't seem to bode very well. But yeah, uh... exactly. Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> all I was really saying there, I guess I do need to tie this back to what we're talking about, or I'm just telling random fucking stories, is that I, I think a lot of people who are creative and bringing something good in the world, like if it's. Uh, 
if it's just a wild talent, like if they don't, if there's no discipline behind it, they'll just keep expanding what they're doing and expanding what they're doing until they hit a wall and it all falls apart. And I think that's might have been what happened with Valiant, and it's definitely what happened with the Wax Tracks. Like that, mm-hmm. that thing just caught fire and fell into the water overnight. Well, I mean, I think that that's the, to a certain extent, uh, you know, the. I feel like there's a lot of these stories that happen, and I think that the we've crossed we've crossed a certain line uh, recently in the sense that. Um, like for instance, you're, you're talking about that and I'm remembering TSR just going under and, you know, uh, you know, rumors about, uh, <laughs> Gary Gygax getting, you know, just you know, getting a little too enthusiastic about certain powdery substances you put up your nose, uh, possibly, uh, leading to that. But I don't, I don't think so. It's just bad business practices and the fact that not everyone's a business person, you know, yeah. uh, you can, you can create something, but you are not necessarily, uh, the person who should be running a business, you should be probably hiring someone to that you trust, obviously, <laughs> yeah, to you, run it for you. You need uh, you need that asshole with a clipboard who likes to organize stuff. I mean, if right, you don't right. have that person, and it can be you, but if it's not you, you need him. Yeah, you, you also have to know, you know, to to a certain extent, you have to know how to give up a little bit. Uh, so that someone else can do that for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that, that is, you know, that's neither here nor there, but I'm just thinking about that in, in the sense that as it stands right now, we have, for instance, Disney who has a, <laughs> which has a model that apparently cannot fail, uh, just gobbling up everything that was old and making it new again, or just at least gobbling it up. So it no longer, occupies space and now we have you know like basically these same types of businesses will last for a long time uh possibly because the bubble is you know that same bubble it will continue to inflate um and and the funny thing is that you and i remember like a lot of the stuff that we liked it just sort of went under we didn't understand it at the time but it was allowed to just you know be what it was for a while and then it went away yeah there was just sort of an understanding that if something was weird and cool it might disappear at any time and it was true with bands it was true with like the the cool place you like to eat on the corner like right next to the uh you know right next to the bookstore you like like that shit disappeared um arcades do you remember that like yep there were three arcades in, in our town in like 1984, and in 1985 there was one, and it was half empty, and then that was it. Yeah, all gone. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, and I mean that's. I think that that's to a certain extent um, uh, having had to let go. And this is this is a weird tangent, but having oh, this is a tangent episode. Oh, that's fine. It's like uh, it's like there's a uh, a man thing that's a nexus of all possible stories. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the um, the uh, the fact that when I left Puerto Rico, I basically had to leave every physical book behind because I'm not going to carry that, and there wasn't anyone that I could just like be like here have this because that's also like presumptuous because i I didn't know what whether i was even going to come back ever uh or even if i 
even if I did or if I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with like hundreds of pounds of books and, and physical media. And, um, and I learned to live with the fact that, you know, not everything, we don't need to have stuff be permanent. You know, uh, it's fine to, it's, it may still be around. That's fine. I can buy it again if I want. Sure. But, but, you know, after a while, it becomes a weight uh, and, and, you know, literally and figuratively, because then you, you, oh, you need to have the next thing. And, and, and that's how you get like people not to disparage anybody, but that's how you get people that, you know, can't part with the, you know, 300, you know, 57 Funko pops that they have stacked in their, in their room or whatever. And, you know, are just paralyzed by the fact that they, they may need to give them up at some point. Yeah. Or, or like the, the, the crushed and folded boxes of cereals. I mean, like this, this is, this is where hoarding comes from as well. Um, I, I think that, uh, Robert Heinlein is one of the smartest idiots America has yet produced, but he did say one thing that I strongly agree with, which is, um, you don't own something unless you can carry it away from your burning house at a dead run. Right. And well, I mean, I mean, you yeah, got to be able it, to walk away. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. Uh, that's absolutely true. Um, uh, you know, and and having to like make a split. Well, perhaps that's not the best uh, moment to be making split second decisions oh, about whether <laughs> whether you want to bring something with you or not. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, that, that's when you end up with, like, your box of honeycomb cereal and a banker's lamp, right? It's like, yeah. why this? <laughs> this homeless man can't seem to let go of the lamp and the box of <laughs> honeycomb. <laughs> he keeps on yelling, fire, everything must yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I do you have a bug out bag? I'm just curious. I do not. Okay. I don't. I I do, but like, I think you have to touch it more than once a year for it to really count. Like, <laughs> like I've got a little money in there and some food and some other things, but like, it's not, it, it wouldn't be adequate in, in case of a disaster. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I understand the, like the, the, the desire to have a bug out bag, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's sort of the same impulse, right? It's a, it's a way to exert some measure of control over what you figure is going to be some chaos in the future, perhaps maybe. Um, and it's funny because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot and, uh, you know, like the whole thing about people will report that uh, people who are getting ready for a hurricane having hurricane parties. Isn't that weird? See what dummies these people are. They're just having a barbecue. And you're like, no, unless you are living there, you don't understand what's going on there. It's not just that it's a party. It's the fact that you may be without power for several weeks. So you might as well cook everything up. And you know what else? You might as well invite your neighbors over because guess what? You're all going to depend on each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's just a social activity that makes perfect sense 
only if you're thinking like it, it makes it's perfectly rational if you've ever been through a hurricane. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And like, honestly, your best your best defense against a natural disaster is your community. Oh, yeah. yeah if you're sure. lucky enough to have one. I mean, like I'm my my landlord lives on the other side of my 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 wall and he's there one day a week and there's nobody else on my block. So, like, if something did happen, I I have no idea what I'd do. In this neighborhood, like, well, you know, Chewy, uh, I think can fend for himself. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, he would probably do better than me. Like, he he could certainly somebody would let him into their house. He could in in a desperate moment, he could definitely mug someone better than I could. <laughs> let him into his no, he would barrel into their house. <laughs> oh man, he does that on walks sometimes. We'll go, go by somebody's house and the door is open. He'll just run up the stairs and stick his head in. And I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? Boundaries, Chewy, boundaries. <laughs> Don't you understand property law, you shithead? <laughs> uh, just, yeah, just like, hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> yeah. I, I hear there's a kitchen. I hear I am smelling dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I am very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing here is that to a certain extent, the idea that like the, the bug out bag feels like clinging to some semblance of control. And, and weirdly, the hurricane party feels like, eh, we're going to be screwed. So might as well make, you know, have fun while we can. Yeah, one. Well, I think there's try, some truth and try to, to establish bonds. Uh, it's just a weird. It's a it's a weird uh, contrast. I feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I I think the the nicest thing I can say about the bug out, out bag idea is that they're not exclusive behaviors. Like by all means, have the festival with your with with your community and do the reach out. But like having a bag that you can grab if your house is burning is not. It's not the worst idea. It doesn't oh, no, hurt no. anything. No, I don't. I don't think. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't harm anything. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Uh, I do think that there is a certain mindset that can come from wanting a bug out bag, which is probably not helpful. Which oh, is against again that that sort of survivalist prepper uh, mindset, which it runs contrary to what we're even talking about, here, I, which is oh you got to survive on your own. Like, yeah, I mean you you cannot mu well your odds are drastically reduced if you try and muscle your way through a disaster. Is one way of putting it. I mean it's not <laughs> it's not a good tactic. I absolutely agree. I mean you you get by with a little help from your friends, and if you don't have friends, examine your choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man thing. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, right? That that that's a record, dude. Record digression right there. I'm so proud of us. Uh, yes. So oh, I I guess I'd miss this uh, this uh, just going off on a small but uh relevant uh tangent. I had missed that apparently Kiss makes an, uh, an appearance in Howard the Duck. Uh, yes. Um, I can't remember anything about the comic, but it definitely happened. Um, and actually, at some point, there was a Kiss comic with them yes. all having the superpowers, which is 
Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> just well, I mean, it, I, I guess I, I kudos to them to to figuring out that that you know rock and roll was a commodity just like anything else, and you could make action figures like that. That was some clever shit, but you know that's. It's depressing too, right? Yeah, I mean the I, I definitely remember there was a, a Kiss comics like a there were two. I, I believe there's a, a more recent one, like maybe late nineties, early two thousands or something like that. Mm. But there was one that was in. I I definitely remember this because my uncle, uh, I am pretty sure collected them. Um, for whatever nice. reason, well, not not for whatever reason, because he was, uh, he thought that Kiss was you know great rock and roll, which I don't know, <laughs> I, I I never really I missed that window, so there's no nostalgia factor for me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say they were terrible, but like most of my most of my relationship with them was being five years old and everybody arguing about who gets to play you know the demon as opposed to having to be the drummer fucking cat. Like that's that's my relationship to Kiss, and it doesn't translate well to adulthood well see that's the thing i i was I, apparently i was severely uncool or didn't care because i was like cats i love cats i'll be <laughs> the cat guy i i actually did go i i think uh my cousin and i there's some photographs somewhere uh of my cousin as uh ace freely with the star and me being a cat person so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I, I let's just not go back to man thing. Like we're so deep into this. Like <laughs> well, just- I, I was gonna I was gonna point out that because Howard the Duck takes place in Cleveland, uh, you know, this is probably like they figured, oh, this is like the mid you know, like the Midwest, so we're gonna put Kiss in there too. Aren't they from they're from Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Midwest, but like on the northern end of it. Yeah. But yeah, well, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's all flyover country. I mean, I, I definitely remember being younger and meeting people from New York and they asked us if we had outhouses. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that's, that still exists. Like people think that, you know, somehow, I mean, granted, uh, given <laughs> – even late capitalism and the shit that's gone on, there are actually people that may have problems with plumbing, but it's not because there wasn't plumbing. It's because no one. <laughs> right. Well, uh, let's let's not even look at Texas. <laughs> right. Right. It's it's not um, it's it's not that the not that the roads never reached there. It's just that, you know, uh you know that it's 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 not profitable to maintain basic infrastructure anymore like why are we paying postmen to deliver the mail when we can you know ah oh, christ <laughs> right uh, i mean i the the more the more I, I i like the more i think about like how certain certain fandoms now will probably never die <laughs> versus a more healthy like what we were talking about like in the 80s where you'd be like oh that thing doesn't exist anymore okay well i guess i'll move on to the next thing i guess yeah 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 well i mean we drifted and like i think a lot about that in terms of rock and roll like the principal appeal of rock and roll when i was younger is that my parents fucking hated it right like that was the point and 
like we're 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 post that now where it's very difficult to design a new genre of music that like elderly fuckers won't pretend to enjoy like you like that that opportunity is gone i mean unless you like get into uh whatever the equivalent of the new kids on the block are like you'd have to have something really infantilized to scare people off or just just horrible sounding yeah I, you, you'd I, have to I find remember, a new kind of horrible you know yeah like like acid metal country oh christ yes good call <laughs> just like what the fuck i i kind of want to listen to that now i'm curious uh, yeah, I don't even know how that would work, but uh, I, I'd listen just to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I at that at that point, that's the obligation. Like, some somebody drops something in front of you, and it's like, uh, oh, who the hell is it? Hacy Dixie, the ones who does do bluegrass covers of like Motorhead and so on. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and no, I did not it, know that. It's a lot better than it sounds, but well, I mean. I mean yeah, if you told me three years ago that, uh, yeah, you, you're going to really dig this fucking weird Mongolian th- folk throat singing oh, metal. Oh, yes. And I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here. And then you you listen to The Who and you're like, oh, no, no, that that's badass. What the yeah, fuck? Exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I mean – and I, I I was late to the party on that one, but I absolutely love it. I agree. And I mean, everybody does, or at least uh, they did. And now they don't because, you know, I do like that's a thing, too. <laughs> <clears throat> it's fine. I mean, I think that uh, I, I will continue to like things that I still like. So uh, speaking of um, one of the speaking of like off the beaten path, Maybe not so off the beaten path, but one of the ones that uh, uh, that really jumped out to me uh, in Valiant um, was, did you ever read Archer and Armstrong? No. So, so this was one of these lighter titles that they had, but it was just so much fun because basically uh, Archer is uh, – a uh, young dude, like he's maybe uh, early teens, maybe, uh, who was raised very, like, very sort of evangelical type of thing and finds out that his parents are not really, he's very wholesome, but he finds out that his parents are not, uh, and runs away and, you know, becomes a, a, a joins a weird, uh, monk sect or something like that. And given the fact that he is, he used to think that his ability to be able to focus uh, his attention and just basically do stuff that is very unlikely to pull off physically, uh, you know, sinking like uh, sinking basketball shots from half court or some shit like that, you know, that type of thing. Sure. Um, he, he used to think it was a gift from God and, and uh, he, gets trained and the, the monks teach him that, no, no, this is something that you, you have innately and you can develop and blah, blah, blah. And so he's, he uh, ma- manages, it's basically like an odd couple story where he manages to run into this uh, immortal dude called Aram, uh, who is just a fucking slob. He's, he's basically, he's immortal, uh, but he's not like trying to live the good life. He's just sort of like a vagabond. He's, he meets him like, I think he's like 
does a dine and dash on him or some shit like that. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's just a he's just a, a complete dirt bag, and it's great and it really works well. Uh, also, um, art and writing by Barry Windsor Smith of uh, Weapon X fame. So that's impressive. I mean, we- at least the the first I think it was the first twelve to thirteen episode uh, issues I should say were by Barry Windsor Smith, and then it changed artists and stuff like that. Okay, so we've done two comic episodes now, uh, if we count Nausicaa as one. Mm, We've done that, and we've done this one. Let's do at least two more. Like, you pick something, and I pick something. Because, like, what the hell, man? It's great. You know, um, I was going to mention that uh, one of the ones, like, I I had a a buddy in in high school who sort of turned me on to um, select Frank Miller stuff. Uh, specifically the, I think it's the daredevil run that he did that was, hmm. uh, uh, called born again, which is really good. I, I, I I'd love well, to check it out. I'll- I thought it was really good. Uh, I, I, I hesitate now because I'm not entirely sure if all of it holds up, but I remember it being really interesting because basically the premise is that an ex, an ex of uh, Matt Murdock's um, basically leaks his name for a fix because she's become a junkie, and she that leak makes it all the way back to Kingpin, and he starts just basically tearing his life, Matt Murdock's life apart as a result, and it's just it's so good. Awesome. Okay, um, I'd be up for that one. What I would like you to read is king city oh that's right yeah yeah and that that is a a goofy and fascinating comic by a problematic artist (laughs) right and we've never dealt with a problematic artist so we don't won't know what to do (laughs) we'll we'll figure it out i guess (laughs) exactly first time for everything man it's like we've, we've we've only dealt with comparative saints like H.P. Lovecraft, so this will be a challenge. <laughs> well, you know, we could always do the. Uh, did you you ever? I'm sure you've watched Weekend at Bernie's, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So one of the funniest, honestly funniest things that made me laugh the hardest in in uh, Weekend at Bernie's is when the the hitman who's killed him supposedly like shot him like at least three times sees him come back and he just does like the, the evil eye, the, the, the devil horns to him. He's like, Cornuto, Cornuto and shoots him like five more times. Honestly, I, I died the first time I saw that Cause it, I could totally understand the dude. Oh, so yeah. yeah maybe, maybe after we, we do the, uh, do the, uh, the sort of uh, run through the, the storyline of uh, King city. We, we just do Cornuto and just shoot uh, our proverbial guns at it. I Absolutely. I I'll, I'll try anything. once, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Well, I always thought Cornetto was like a, 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 like a British ice cream. No, no, that's uh that is correct, but it <laughs> is Cornuto, which is to be horned. Uh, ah, also, if I'm not mistaken, if you are, uh, con- if you're being cucked, uh, literally, uh, that is the that is the that is the phrase, which okay. uh, translates. It actually translates to Spanish. 
So in Spanish, the slang for being cheated on, uh, specifically a man being cheated on, is le pusieron los cuernos. They they put on the horns. Yep, and I mean that that's that's terminology I've heard in uh, well, like my grandfather used 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 the phrase, and I'm trying to remember how he said it. Um, but yeah, like like horns was a thing in English at one point. That that's. Um, I'm saying what? that like you're not a fluent English speaker, I, but I'm just saying that I, I've encountered it on in in English as well. So that Wait. makes sense. Get? Yeah. Get exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's only fair. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all good. Well, I mean, I, I, the the phrase itself made me think how old that must be because, like, wasn't Asterius the Minotaur supposed to be? sort of horned because the queen had relations with somebody else? I don't know. Oh, I thought it was because of the the Moses thing. The Moses thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there there's a there's a passage in the Bible where where uh it could be it it could be translated from Aramaic as he had a, a halo and he had horns. And mm. so the statues of Moses in Italy show him with horns and that's where uh, that's where the the libel against Jews bubbled up that that they have horns. Like pe- there are people who believe they grow horns. Well, I mean, that's just sort of okay. Well, isn't uh, the Jewish calendar a, uh, based on lunar cycles? Are you saying they're werewolves? It's all coming together. There we go. Okay. Uh, no, I was just thinking like the the crescent moon. Uh, it's like the, oh. the version of the Guadalupe is sort of uh, surrounded by horns, uh, which are, of course, the, the crescent moon. Well, and this ties back to a relatively re- – oh, the, the, um, the, the fire in the sky episode where there's absolutely no limit to what people believe. <laughs> they will believe anything, and there's like – we might as well not have functioning brains, dude. Well, I mean, I think that the issue here is that I, I feel and and to give uh, to perhaps defend uh, people back in the day a little bit. I do think that perhaps people did believe certain things, but they were also very ambivalent about certain things, and perhaps understood that, like for instance, you know, well, this works on a symbolic and on a religious and a, this type of level but did it actually happen maybe i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah well and i i mean i can definitely think of examples with that i i mean i think a lot of of god pantheons have a certain amount of that going on where it, like people believe them allegorically more than in reality at higher levels of society. You know what I mean? Right. It's like if right. you were a scholar, you didn't believe Ares was a dude. Right. But I mean, I mean, one of the, the more, uh, to, to perhaps, uh, talk about that, uh, slightly differently. Uh, one of the, the most enduring, uh, versions of that is like the, the, the sailors that Columbus took with him believed the earth was flat and that he was going to sail them off the edge. It's like, motherfucker, they were sailors. They knew that the earth was not fucking flat. Right. Right. <laughs> like you How can't could- stand on the stand and like uh, be sitting on the rigging and not see the curve of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Like that has always been insane. I mean, 
but but good point. I never like I, I I didn't actually focus my brain on that. But now that you've said that, that is that is absolutely moronic, and it's very funny that like I believed it. For example, well, I mean, uh, you're you're told this uh, as like a fact when in fact uh, it's really just a, a myth of progress type of narrative, right? That, oh, those people back then, weren't they dumb? <laughs> We're the smart ones now. And you're like, um, <laughs> when you read a little bit more, you're like, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they, they didn't have germ theory, but you know what? They, they knew the earth wasn't fucking flat. Uh, fortunately that won't happen with us because there will be no need. Like there will be plenty of things to point at without <laughs> resorting to, to libel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> nowadays, uh, people will be like, oh, we totally understand why someone wouldn't want to take a vaccine for a deathly illness in the zombie apocalypse movie. Exactly. It all makes sense now. Um, <laughs> You know, this is probably a good place to wrap it up. Like I, there was a point at around 12 minutes where we, I didn't think we were going to make it, but we're like, we're past the 50 mark, man. This is a solid episode. <laughs> well, you know, uh, to be fair, uh, we barely, we barely touched the crap, uh, in the crap books episode, but, uh, it's all good. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I was wondering how we were going to convey, you know, like how fun it was to read uh, a comic book, which is mostly a, a visual medium. Yeah. And the the answer is we just went and we had fun and we ignored our work. So and that is the fun of a comic book. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. But uh, go check it out if you want. Uh, it, it is fun uh, that the, there is a sequence at the beginning that I was like, did they take this directly from like Time Bandits? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the uh, the time frame's wrong. How so? I mean, I think this came out before Time Bandits. You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Time Bandits did it better uh, in the sense that uh, you do get like that uh, sequence where all the toys – uh, that uh, the kid has in his room sort of correspond to the places that he visits. Uh, and then when you come back, you see them again. You're like, oh, is this real? Is this not real? But, you know, that's uh, – we, we should probably watch that one someday, Pete. Yeah, that'd be fun. Why not? Yeah, I, 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 I'd be willing to watch Time Bandits again. It, it's really fun. I'd enjoy it. I, I mean, Baron Munchausen, there's a lot of things out there that sort of oh. fall on the edges of this that I'd be interested in checking out. Baron Munchausen, for sure. Well, you know, uh, the Time Bandits thing, I would probably say ties directly into bum, 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 Ultima 2, <laughs> the game. Interesting. Where, well, that was the whole point of the game. You would travel in time and you're like, Wait a second. <laughs> and the yeah. artwork had like the same sort of black doorway with the 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 liminal like the limbed uh blue line around it. And it was like, really? This never occurred to me. This is such a fun idea. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So let's definitely do that. We'll we'll add it to the list. Uh I know we're doing Outland shortly. Sure. Um, and I'm going to do Hunger Games, which you're welcome to do, or you could just skip the book entirely, take a vaca well-deserved vacation for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, kid. Have yeah, three days. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boss. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
here's a quarter. Go buy yourself something nice. Uh, Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I let, let's wrap it up. Uh, hey, have, hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk <laughs> at you soon. All right. Sounds good. Okay, guys, take care. <laughs>